was the bottom of the ninth with McGuire up the bat. Feeling so at home in my giant ace cap. I was eight years old, wearing gold and green. From my head to my toes, rap game Billy Bean. She was my first kiss, but I don't think it counts. On the kindergarten trip to the Oakland Firehouse. Sitting in the stands with her family. With the baseball glove her dad handed me. As the season unfolded, we held our breath. Watching Ricky Henderson, the quickest runner in the West. Hello, and welcome to the podcast Jokestrap with Wes Hoffman. Here, Wes will discuss two of his favorite things, which are sports and stand-up comedy. Hence the name Jokestrap. If you like this episode, please subscribe to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or iTunes, or wherever podcasts are available. With that being said, please enjoy this episode of Jokestrap. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 72 of Jokestrap, the podcast with Wes Hoffman. That's me. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Um, That's great. Fantastic. Who cares? Just kidding, kind of. Um, it is October 28th, 2020, and let me just get this out of the way first. Last podcast, episode tw- 71, uh, <laughs> I made a mistake in some details that I provided regarding the World Series, the so-called World Series this year between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays, and that was, I said that the games would start on <clears throat> on the Monday, or no, on the Tuesday, October 20th, and that it would be a best of seven series, and it would go consecutively, like the other rounds of the playoffs had, with no days off in between games. So therefore, I thought game one would be Tuesday, game two would be Wednesday, game three would be Thursday, game four would be Friday, and so on. Well, that wasn't the case. I did not look at the schedule beforehand to uh, to uh, verify this information, and it turns out that the World Series schedule is was much like it has been every other year, where you get the home game, the, the blah, 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 two games at home, and three games on the road. Anyway, you get the day off in between games two and three, and the day off between games five and six on what would normally be travel days. But since there was no traveling this year, I have no idea why they added those extra days off. And it's only for the World Series. Why Why? Why didn't they keep it consistent with the rest of the playoffs? Oh, that's right, because it's Major League Baseball. Why should they be consistent? They don't do that shit. Anyway, so that brought a whole about whole different dynamic to the World Series than it had to the other rounds of the playoffs, not having the off days. You get to rest your pitchers a little more. You get to exert your pitchers a little bit more when there is games. So that had a whole different dynamic on things. Well, anyway, last night was game six of the World Series, and the Dodgers won game six, and that's the end. <laughs> the Dodgers won four games to two, The Los Angeles Dodgers are your so-called World Series champs, if you want to call them that. Um, If you do, fine. If you don't, that's fine, too. Um, Should there be an asterisk in the record books? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Uh, There probably won't be an asterisk. Um, For the season stats and stuff like that, 
Um, I think you you have to like put like an overall asterisk and just note, hey, this was only a sixty game season. Um, so take that into account. Like you can't say this guy had the best slugging percentage ever, and compare that to a season where, you know, a guy played one hundred sixty two games. I think stuff like that needs to be taken into consideration. Um, and I think you know baseball fans in general who follow. We'll know that 2020 was a different year. Um, uh, like I've said before, if they had A's had won it all this year, I don't think I would have felt the same had they won it in a full like 162 game season. So, I mean, Dodgers fans, maybe this is the only way you're gonna do it. <laughs> so, uh, it was interesting to see, like for example, Clayton Kershaw pitched really well. Well, not really well, but he pitched a lot better. Um, in these playoffs than he had done previous playoff appearances with the Dodgers. And part of that is because they play less games during the regular season. So he was less tired. Um, I think he was also confused and didn't know what month it was. He didn't realize it was the time of year he was supposed to suck. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he pitched well um, throughout the playoffs. And anyway, the Dodgers get it. The Dodgers get the World Series. Definitely some interesting uh, things happen along the way. One of the bigger moments happened uh, in Game 4 of the World Series, uh, which took place on uh, October 24th. And uh, that was uh, a, a fun, exciting game. Going back and forth on the scoreboard. Uh, at this time, the Dodgers were up in the World Series two games to one. Dodgers had taken the first game, the Rays the second game, and the Dodgers the third game. And uh, the Rays were down by a score of seven to six going into the bottom of the ninth inning. And the Rays were the home team in this case, um, even though you know they're still playing at the same stadium the whole series, like I've mentioned before. But they're batting last, so therefore they're the home team. And uh, the Rays get uh, runners on first and second. Uh, first and second. And uh, two outs. And then they have a pinch hitter come up by the name of Brett Phillips. The Rays have basically used their entire bench, except for a couple guys, their backup catcher, Michael Perez, and Brett Phillips. Uh, Brett Phillips comes up for his only playoff at bat. Uh, or, yeah, his first, or it wasn't his only playoff at bat, but it was his first World Series at bat. He came up, and uh, surprisingly, uh, gets a uh, quick two strikes on him. And a uh, questionable call on the second strike. Hangs in there, and he gets a hit. And then that hit scores the tying run. But that wasn't all. Um, the The ball is misplayed by the center fielder at the time, Chris Taylor. So then the runner on first, who was Randy Arena at the time, kept running. But he stumbles uh, when he rounds third base. Meanwhile, the ball is being relayed home. Max Muncie throws the ball to the catcher. Will Smith, yes, that's his actual name. And uh, Will Smith is thinking Arozarena is really close to being at home plate. So Will Smith kind of tries to catch it and spin and tag the runner. 
but he spins and completely misses the ball in the process. Rosarena sees this um, and gets up real quick and slides headfirst into home, and they win the game 8-7. to seven. It was a crazy finish. Um, some people said it was the best Little League World Series they've ever seen uh, with those misplays at the end there. But it was one of the crazier endings to a game I've ever seen. Um, and I hope the Rays tie up this series at then at uh, two games to two. And uh, you thought the Rays might have had a chance at winning the whole thing. Uh, game five, the Dodgers, of course, won. Go up three games to two. So game six, um, which was yesterday, uh, it looked pretty good out of the gate for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, in the first inning, Randy Rosarena again. Hits a home run, his 10th of the postseason. Uh, freaking crazy numbers he put up the, whole, the entire postseason. But it was another so- solo shot, so put the Rays up one nothing early. Um, on the mound for Tampa Bay was uh, left-hander Ian Snell, and he was not Ian Snell. Ian Snell is an older pitcher. Um, Blake Snell. Blake Snell was on the mound. Uh, my bad. Blake Snell was on the mound. I believe Ian Snell pitched back in the day for the Padres. I could, or not the Padres, but the Pirates. Anyway, I, it was Blake Snell. Blake, Blake, Blake. 2018 Cy Young Award winner, Blake Snell. Anyway, he was pitching a lot like the Cy Young Award winner that he is, he was. And he was pitching like that yesterday. Um, after four innings, he had compiled nine strikeouts. Um... So he gives up, he gets a quick out in the fifth inning, his, or no, sorry, in his sixth inning of work with the Rays still at one nothing. he gets a quick out, and then he gives up a base hit. And it was only the second base hit he get, had given up the whole game up until that point. Only the second base runner to reach base on the Dodgers. And uh, the base hit happened by the number nine batter, Chris Taylor, on the Dodgers, and uh Kevin Cash, the Tampa Bay manager, decides to pull him from the game at that point with the 1-0 lead, nine strikeouts, and only giving up two hits. And Kevin Cash and the Rays are known for doing this kind of thing. Um, Their reason being was Blake Snell had gone through the lineup twice, and the analytics show that the third time through the lineup uh, the pitchers don't do as good. So he wanted to bring in a new pitcher to give the Dodgers a different look. However, <laughs> um, it's like he wasn't even watching the game doing this. Like he had, that was his mindset going into the game. Like I'm going to remove him no matter what after two times through. Because Blake was, he was dealing. He was, he could not have pitched much better. It's like you wonder if if he had a no hitter, if uh, he still would have got the hook. But uh, to put it into perspective, Blake Snell hasn't been able to pitch through this sixth inning either because of his own accord or because of Kevin Cash's uh, since July 2019. That was the last time that he's done that. Uh, but anyway. Um, he definitely should have been able to in this game, uh, at least been given a shot, an opportunity. Um, anyway, it gives up one hit. Kevin Cash takes him out. 
before you know it, lead's blown, and the Dodgers go on to win the World Series three, win the game three to one. Um, granted, Tampa Bay's offense didn't pull up, didn't put up very good numbers, um, for for the Tampa Bay's pitchers uh, to really give them a shot. But if you had left Snell in there, it might have been one of those games where Tampa Bay wins one to nothing. And yeah, I know it's easier to question things like this when stuff goes wrong. Had the Rays bullpen shut him down, we'd be probably praising Kevin Cash again for his move. But you could see it on Blake Snell's face when he got taken out of the game that he was upset that he didn't want to come out. And uh, uh, yeah, it had to be very upsetting for him to watch that meltdown there after he left the game. Meanwhile, the three batters that were due up um, before he got removed from the game, had combined for six strikeouts. So Snell had struck each of those batters out two times each, and then you get taken out of the game. Not only that, Mookie Betts was the first of those three batters to be faced, and Mookie Betts has struggled mightily against left-handed hitters, as against left-handed pitchers as opposed to right-handed pitchers. So there's also that on the line. So you bring in a right-handed pitcher to relieve Blake Snell. What happens? Mookie hits a double. Would that have happened if Snell stayed in the game? Who knows? But to me, you got to at least let him be able to give up the tying run. Like, let him stay in the game. And if he gives up the tying run to tie the game, fine. Take him out. Because I know it's, an, it's a very important game. It's a must-win game. So if they tie it up one-on-one, fine. Bring in a new pitcher, start anew. But to take him out with the one nothing lead and just a runner on first base and one out, who knows? He could have got bets to hit into a double play. Not easiest thing to do, but would have been nice to see if uh, he could have pulled through. I mean, you're talking about a former Cy Young Award winner, and I don't know. If I'm Snell, I'm, I'd be pretty upset about that. Um not having the opportunity to finish that inning in a big situation like that and when you're feeling like everything's working for you. Uh, I mean, six strikeouts, you struck out Betts twice, Seager twice, and you struck out uh, Turner twice, and more on Turner in a minute, but, and then they take you out? I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, um... So anyway, speaking of Turner, Justin Turner, um, sometime around the second inning, apparently, a uh, test result came back from Monday, it was, uh, for the COVID-19 testing, um, and it came back inconclusive. And at that point, when the test comes back inconclusive, generally they like to get a retest now seeing as they were playing at that time, uh, the league office asked the um, people uh, analyzing the test, uh, which is in Utah, um, they asked them to expedite the test sample that was taken on the Tuesday and to test that. So that result came back later in the game, around the sixth or seventh inning, and it came back positive. At which point uh, MLB told the Dodgers that they had to take Justin Turner out of the game and isolate him. Isolate him. And really, 
<clears throat> that sucks. And that should be the end of the story here. But it's not. Um, so he was taken out of the game, isolated, and uh, no, he's not in the dugout. Everybody's like, where is he? You know, what's going on? Nobody has any idea really what's going on until after the game they find out. Wow, he tested positive. Meanwhile, he's told, and this is what we hear anyway from MLB, He's told that he cannot partake in any celebration on the field, has to remain isolated. Meanwhile, the Dodgers are celebrating on the field, getting photos taken, all this, hugging their families who were in the bubble with them. And uh, who comes out there but Justin Turner, taking photos with everybody. Um, but who's at fault for this? Is it Turner alone? Is it club officials? Is it MLB? Were protocols ever even talked about? Like, what would happen if someone got COVID in the bubble? Because no one expected that. The Dodgers had been in Texas for like three weeks. So what happened? How how did how did he get a positive result? Nobody really knows. Maybe it is a false positive, and they better hope it is a false positive. Because Turner went out there, hugging teammates, high fiving them, shaking hands. Yeah, he was wearing a mask part of the time, but still. <coughs> I mean. To me, it's irresponsible of Turner to do something like that after he had tested positive. Granted, you want to celebrate with your teammates. I understand that. Any human that put that much effort into something like that would definitely want to celebrate with them. But you know what? You can recover. Or you can figure out for sure what you're si if you are positive or not. You may, you may be asymptomatic, but that doesn't mean you can't spread it to other people. And that's, that's what baffles me. And he's got a teammate in Kelly Jansen with a heart condition. He's got a teammate who has a pregnant wife right now who's with the team also in the bubble. So he could really ruin other people's lives, uh, people that are, you know, close to him. And uh, I don't know. It's to, he, he sat next to uh, Dave Roberts taking a group team photo dave roberts the manager he sat next to him without their masks on and uh dave roberts has a pre-existing condition too so i don't know man uh it's tough mlb says you know they they uh told the dodgers that he couldn't go on the field or whatever like that and he had to isolate um it sounds like half the club officials didn't un didn't mind him being out there with everybody his teammates didn't seem to care i don't know it's really confusing um wh where where did the breakdown happen that's what i want to know was this all turner's doing like did he avoid any any instruction and just said fuck it i'm going on the field you can't stop me uh was it mlb not not advising them to do anything really makes you wonder makes me wonder like uh if tampa bay had won yesterday's game and came back would tonight's game have been postponed we'll never know but be interesting to find out uh some people actually think that uh the result came back before the game but 
Manfred wanted to make sure the game was played, so he decided to have them save face and not announce the result until the sixth inning or so when the game was in hand. That seems like a bit of a stretch, but I don't know. I wouldn't put anything past Manfred. <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't put anything past him, so... I don't know. It's very. It was very. Uh, it kind of like. Uh, I mean, if I was a Dodgers fan, that would put a big damper on the whole celebrating for me. Be like, oh fuck, that sucks. Eh. Anyway, we'll see what happens. I guess in a couple weeks, and if if any of the people that he was around, uh, um, end up coming down with the COVID or not, or guess we'll soon find out. Anyway, so that's it of the so-called baseball season or so-called playoffs in the so-called World Series for 2020. Hopefully in 2021 we can get back to the way we know the game. We shall soon, well you won't know for a while if that'll be the case or not. As of right now, MLB is planning on doing everything as scheduled. Uh, spring training and everything, so we'll soon find out the off season's going to be weird. People are going to be taking less money, so we'll see. Maybe the A's can sign somebody that they normally wouldn't be able to sign, though. Might help them. I don't know. Anyway, uh, basketball's looking to restart uh, around Christmas time. 72-game season. I think I mentioned that on the last episode. Um, still not 100% sure on what hockey's plans are, but I think it's going to be sometime in January they're looking to restart. Um, actually read one thing saying they might start on New Year's Day, but not sure. Anyway, um, uh, and football last week, the uh, San Francisco, for, or not last week, but this week, uh, against, uh, the, um, New England Patriots, the San Francisco 49ers got themselves another win. So they are 4-3 and three now on the season. Not too bad considering all the injuries they've gone through, which they added a few more to the list, or a few guys got re-injured. Jeff Wilson, who was the star running back of the game, got a high ankle sprain, so he'll be out a few weeks. Debo Samuel, who just came back from an injury, um has a hamstring strain, so he'll be out a couple games as well. So, next man up once again for the San Francisco 49ers as they uh, go for a win again uh, this coming Sunday. And that won't be an easy task at all as it is against the Seattle Seahawks, their rival. So, hopefully they can pull a win out. We shall see. Again, Sunday, November 1st for that game. Uh, the San Jose State Spartans started their football season. Uh, it's a shortened schedule. Eight games all within the same conference, I believe. Uh, all all going to be Mountain West teams. Um, so they started their season against the Air Force Falcons. And they got the win, 17-6 victory. So that was a good game by them. And uh, they're playing New Mexico this coming Saturday, the 31st. They were supposed to go to New Mexico um, to play, but there's been a bit of a COVID outbreak in that area. So New Mexico is coming to San Jose State. 
and bringing the COVID with them? I don't know. The COVID? The co- <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know how they get around that. Like, they're like, oh, we have a COVID outbreak here, so we're just going to come to you, and hopefully we don't bring it with us. What? Anyway, um, yeah, so they're going to be playing at San Jose State for the second week in a row. Um, I believe that's a 4 p.m. game Saturday, so that's going to be kind of an early game for them compared to last week when they started at 7.30. Anyway, yeah, so that's the sports wrap-up here for me now, the teams that I like, the teams that I follow. That's the wrap there. Um, Been watching a Showtime special documentary series recently uh, called The Comedy Store uh, on Showtime. <laughs> It's been a f- it's five episodes long. It's on Sunday nights, and uh, uh, just recently completed its fourth episode. So there's one episode left. If you have Showtime or can get a free trial to Showtime, and you like comedy or you're a comedian or like the history of comedy or whatever, I highly suggest you get the subscription or the free trial and check out this show while you can. Because it is awesome. It's one of the best like shows, documentary style, that I've seen in a long time. Um, they've covered a lot. It's an hour show uh, each Sunday. So five, five, it'll be five hours total when it's all said and done. Uh, they've covered a little bit of Freddie Prinze. Um, they've covered uh, some Jim Carrey. Uh, they've covered Richard Pryor, Sam Kennison. Uh and just how their lives were transformed in large part due to working at the comedy store. And uh, it's been a really cool seeing like a lot of these interviews with a bunch of different comedians. Uh, Mike Bender is the guy that uh, did the documentary, uh, was a comedian himself. Um, Polly Shore is one of the producers. And of course, Polly Shore's mom, Mitzi Shore, used to own the comedy store. So... Uh, Polly Shore is featured in it as as well. So, uh, yeah, it's a great docu-series. So I highly recommend that to anybody looking for something to watch, I guess. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, uh, that's going to be it for this episode. Um, it looks like comedy shows uh, outdoors, um, some of them are being shut down by the governor of California, Gavin Newsom. I can't complain, I guess. I can't. Uh, it's not my space to say. I don't have all the data. But um, I know there was an outdoor show that was doing well in Danville, California, and it's recently uh, been put on a halt, so to speak. However, there's a new comedy show in Alameda, California, that's outdoors, but they also offer food and stuff, so I bet they can get away with, like, um, what do you call it? Acting like a restaurant more than a comedy club kind of thing. There's little loopholes and stuff, and it's weird that. Anyway, um, but yeah, uh, who knows when comedy clubs are gonna be back, hundred percent, the way they were. I know theater in general is hurting. Um, tough time to be an entertainer, a uh, live entertainer that is. Um. Hopefully everything works itself out eventually and everybody prevails and 
yeah. Anyway, that's all I got for this episode. Thank you all very much for listening. Hopefully, I can keep in touch again next week, even though I don't have World Series updates to give. And life is pretty, I don't know. There's not much to report on when you don't really go out and do things that often. And not because you don't want to, but because there's a bunch of restrictions everywhere on what you could do. So, um, yeah, uh, maybe I'll check in again next week, talk about the Niners game and whatever else might come into my head. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Have a happy Halloween, I guess, if you're into that. All right. Bye.